With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. who's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thursday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show starts right now. Got a lot to talk to you about today. Um, first off, the uh, the update from the uh, Nashville school shooter, uh, which we'll get into in a moment. It seems that there is now a report, at least, uh, Daily Mail with this headline, that the shooter was targeting the school's head pastor we'll discuss that in a few moments here still have not seen uh the manifesto still has not been released which i i disagree with uh, i think people should be able to see what the uh motivations and what the psychological derangement was based in for this uh this mass shooter um we yeah also- i was just gonna say buck um i was told it's going to be released by people who would know I also would just say, I think there may be some crazy accusations in there. Um, and so that might be one of the challenges associated with uh, releasing it. And let me just kind of explain what I mean by that. If you are a crazy person writing a manifesto and you are personally attacking other people by names, uh, I think there's some challenges in editing this thing so that you know, I think when we think a lot of times of manifesto, it's like you're taking targets at, you know, the world has decided that it's going to turn its back on us and we have to do this. And, but also there's parts in there where if there are direct personal attacks on individuals, you have to figure out how to parse and parcel that out, if that makes sense. So I do think there's a little bit of a uh, a challenge, as it would likely be the case with any mentally ill individual trying to figure out how exactly to put that thing out there without increasing the pain that might be involved in some of the people who are already victims, if that makes sense. It's, in, it's an interesting idea. Um, if it's going to be released eventually, I'm not really sure what, and I, I don't know that law enforcement is going to be in a position. It's not national security sensitive information. Correct. So, so redacting things isn't really in their purview. Um, and I am just, uh, I will recall that at the Pulse nightclub shooting, if you remember, this was oh, the yeah. most egregious. 
This is what a lot of us think may be happening right now. To your point, by the way, maybe that is what's going on. Yeah. But for a lot of us who have covered terrorist acts, mass shooting, hate crimes for, for many years, you go back and think about Pulse Nightclub, they X'd out or blacked out things. You know, they, they removed things from the transcript. The FBI under the Obama administration where the guy was like, I pledge my loyalty to they blanked it. Well, it was yeah, the Islamic right. State. And then he <laughs> yeah. says, and I'm, I'm murdering all these people in the name of Allah. Yeah. Like, we know what the blacked out lines were, but Correct. they did it anyway. And, and everybody remembers how both Orwellian and condescending and absurd that was. So I just feel like there's not a lot of good faith that there need to be redactions done to a manifesto to, that what you're saying may be true. Again, yeah. we don't know, but if that were the case, Clay, law enforcement should say there are security issues. There are, per, you know, there are people's home addresses, phone numbers. Like we can't just put stuff in there yeah. that's out for everybody, but it's very hard to, for people to parse that and then think, well, this has nothing to do with this shooter telling everybody why she was going to do this, which is what the part of motive is that, you know, right now they're saying, oh, we don't know the motive. That's what yeah. law enforcement is stating. Well, and I understand a hundred billion percent, Buck. We still don't know, just to pull one out of the out of the hat here, they never told us why that Las Vegas shooter acted. Right? I mean, the, the store, I mean, the, the guy now, who opened fire from the, the hotel in Vegas onto I, the I country music think, concert. I don't think that's an apples-to-apples apples comparison, though, because... He didn't leave behind a manifesto that's like, this is why I did it, right? That we know but, of, right? That, I mean, that we I know, think to that's be the... fair, that we know of. Yes, true. But we know there was a manifesto. This Correct. person left behind a, here's why I did it manual. And specifically apparently. said in a message to one of her friends that we read on this program, you'll know why I did this when you read my manifesto, basically, letting yeah. her friend know right before she opened fire. I mean, we'll see because if it's, if it is uh, politically highly sensitive material, that's okay. And, and we can just, uh, by the way, I don't know what's in there, obviously. Clay doesn't know what's in there. But just if we're looking at the possibilities here, Clay has laid out something interesting that I hadn't heard anyone really raise yet. And I do think that if it's it, it, that law enforcement should say, guys, look, there's some things in there. Because right now we're just being told almost like we're not able to handle as a society being able to read this thing. Correct. You know, there are that plenty the of crazy people's that, manifestos. That she is a crazy trans shooter and that her act was motivated by her trans ideology and that because this is an inconvenient narrative for the left in this country that they will not allow that story to be told. That is the fear, right? And Buck, going back to Monday, off air, I said, hey, based on these details that are coming out, it feels to me like this may be a trans shooter. And... Ended up being true. So uh, I, I would just kind of, uh, to, I, I certainly understand why people are upset that this hasn't been released. And also, the more days that pass where it's not released, the less attention it's going to get, right? Well, that's the more why, time they have to focus on gun control, which is the narrative right now yeah. that is predominating. That's why there's no trust here in the delay, because if there is politically... Um, politically, look, let's be honest, politically damaging stuff in there to the left. Uh, the longer they wait, the sense is the less attention it will get and the less political damage it will do. There should be no political cover up allowed in a situation like this whatsoever. The people have a right to know to your point. If it comes out 
and there's, you know, home addresses blacked out and there's an explanation of this. And there's now some people won't even, by the way, accept that. They'll say, I don't trust what's blacked out. They've doctored this. They've removed things. And I got to say, I don't know. That could be true as well. Remember, the Pulse nightclub shooting showed the FBI will act like utter morons under a Democrat administration because they were told to because of politics. No question about it when they redacted all the information from that transcript because we all, it, we all knew. It wasn't even like they hit anything effectively. So now there's no faith, and now I think we have to see why why the delay of so many days. Who is the authority that can come along and say, all right, it's okay now for people to see this? Here's a question that I think a lot of you out there would not along with. If the shooter had been motivated by January 6th and a stolen election, and he had written a manifesto or she had written a manifesto on that, would it be out yet? It would have been the lead news story, as we know, every day, all day since the incident, without exception. And if anybody told any other, if anyone gave a stock update for 30 seconds before they went back to the story, MSNBC would be saying they're minimizing this horrific atrocity and it would you know. have been it would have been leaked instantaneously to the new york times or the washington post uh it would have been out there yeah in the so this is why i have I, I honestly i have no faith in the, i have no faith that there's good faith in the delay here i have no faith in that whatsoever i if i'm proven wrong i'll say okay it looks like law enforcement here because we were look we praise what is good we criticize what is bad obviously beyond question those law enforcement officers you know the two with the body cams but there were others there i feel like those guys also deserve a lot of credit did exactly the right thing, moved well. I had various friends from the special ops community reach out and say that they were pr- one of the guys was a Marine, by the way, one of the officers. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, you know, they're proud of how those guys moved, proud of how they, how they got on, on target right away, uh, went after the, uh, the threat. Um, and, and there was a lot of transparency in the first 24 hours from the chief of police, but then it just stopped on this one issue. Yep. And, and that to a lot of people, I think Clay feels highly suspicious. And it does feel like there's some political fix that's in. And, and now I guess we're, I was going to talk about the, we'll talk about the gun control push. We got Joe Scarborough yelling about it. I will actually, Congressman Bowman is really yelling about it, yelling at, uh, at uh, Thomas Massey, member, another member of Congress who's a really, um, both erudite and amusing guy. I mean, Thomas Massey is really funny and really smart. Um, but we'll talk about the gun control push part of this in a second. I, I mentioned this at the top and we have other stories you want to talk about today as well, by the way. World Health Organization looking at shot whether teenagers, healthy teenagers and children should actually get the COVID shot. But we'll we'll lay some of this out um, coming up here after the break. The Nashville shooter, according to the Daily Mail, was having private counseling sessions with the school's head pastor before the massacre. He did kill the pastor's nine year old daughter. We know that. So it does seem that there was a personal grudge, um, effectively, you know, personal uh, assassination motive tied into this whole thing um but it could be much broader we in terms of the ideology we don't know what other targets there's already been discussion that there were other targets that came out the first day from the uh, chief of police in nashville um we don't know uh what they the this dispute i mean this you would think this pastor was giving counseling sessions to a former student of the school what could have possibly happened in her mind right that would then make her think that that this I mean, there's nothing more monstrous than what this woman did. Nothing is yes. more monstrous than this. So I think we have a right to know how did this person become a monster? Because this was truly evil and depraved in the worst way. And I think that anybody who's trying to hide this from the public, 
for reasons of of anything other than, as you said, individual safety, redacting information, um, is, is really acting in a way that's uh, that's awful. Maybe personal attacks, just something to think about too. Um, like crazy uh, lies. There could be crazy, yes, crazy lies in the lies. manifesto for sure. Yes, I, but I I don't know how you. You know, everyone knows this person is crazy and this person is dead, right? So are, are, is the idea that the police will cover up some ass? You know what I mean? Let, let's say the manifesto had some, you know, crazy, truly crazy allegations against named individuals. I don't think anybody would, believe, you know, believe the allegations or, you know, I just wonder, is the idea then that law enforcement keeps this stuff silent or keeps this hidden forever? It will get out eventually. I mean, I was in the CIA, I can tell you. Secrets that people want to know don't stay don't stay secret forever. Hey, look, the Steele dossier was all completely made up, and it was one of the most widely distributed, uh, uh, you know, investigatory investigation investigatory materials of all time, right? So, but you're you've heard from good sources in the area. I mean, everyone knows, obviously, Clay is born and raised in Nashville, lives in Nashville, so he knows folks in the area very well. You think that the manifesto will will come out? I was told that it will come out, um, and I, what I have been told is that there is, uh, like, we know the manifesto is going to be crazy, right? This is a crazy person, that there are challenging parts of the manifesto that are crazy in ways different than, you know, like, the sun is not going to come up tomorrow because, you know, like, all the crazy things that you would expect, personal things that are crazy as well. So that's what I've been told. Obviously, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I believe I'm always in favor of transparency. I've tweeted and said on this show, I want it out publicly for everybody to be able to see because I think the motivations do matter. But I am told that eventually it is going to be out. I would I, I would just say this. And I, I, and again, Clay, that law enforcement should just be transparent about why they can't be transparent in this moment. Yeah. And then we can judge for ourselves whether they're telling the truth at the end of this. Right. If they are telling the truth, well, then it makes sense anyway. Uh, look, treat your feet to a pair of my slippers. Take advantage of the massive closeout sale going on right now. My wife loves these so much. She got them for all of her running buddies in different colors. Four layers of cushioning and reinforcement, making them comfortable and durable. My slippers all season two, worn inside and out, regularly priced at 150 bucks a pair. But listen to this right now. Just 25 bucks a pair right now. 80% off. These shoes, these slippers are phenomenal. You can go online to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square button, $25 per pair, my slippers, while they're in stock. Use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code to get that $25 price. They're so popular. You can only buy 10 pairs at a time. You should move quick on this deal. Clay and Buck is the code, $25 my slippers at MyPillow.com. You can also call... 800-792-3269 for this incredible offer. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? 
It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Thursday edition of the program. Want to hit you with a couple of uh, good news stories, I would say, um, because we've had a lot of negativity, certainly, that is out there in general. Uh, let me share some of these. Um, the COVID emergency buck has officially ended. Uh, the Senate passed a bill to end the COVID emergency. Uh, the House has also passed that bill, and Joe Biden has said he will not veto it. He is going to sign it. And so, the I, now, I, to be fair... So I, think I can Biden drive around said, without a mask on now, Clay? Is that what you're telling I, me? I think Biden had said that he was going to end... What did he say? Like, May 11th, the COVID emergency was officially going to be over, or whatever it was. That is now passed to the Senate. It is now passed the House, and it passed with a pretty substantial majority... Uh, because Joe Biden once again left the House out to dry um, uh, because he said he didn't tell them before the House vote that he would sign this, much like he did with the D.C. bill as it pertains to uh, to safety, security, and everything else that he ended up signing. So the COVID emergency, three years after it started, 15 days to stop the spread turned into basically a 1,000 days of COVID emergency we should never do this again. Um, and frankly, I don't think the president should ever have the ability to do this again. I think Congress should have to pass a bill uh, mandating a national emergency like this in a health-related setting. I'll just toss that out there as something that I think we should debate now. Do we want one person able to make this decision, potentially influenced by the Fauci's of the world? Or do you want your elected representatives to be able to have that authority? I'd rather have this authority vest in many ways 
in the House and the Senate. Constitution wasn't much of a protection, was it? No. Something we have no, to be honest not. about. When they shut down churches, the weed stores were open, yep. but no church allowed. Buck, they're going to make movies that young kids now who will not remember it will watch. And your, your grand, I, I know this. My grandkids are going to come in and they're going to be like, Grandpa, did they really tell you that you had to walk one way down an aisle and that you couldn't buy anything except unless it was essential? And like, they're not going to believe that it was real. Just a preview 20, 30 years from now, when I've got grandkids, hopefully, they're going to be watching movies and they're going to be like, did 2020 really happen, Grandpa? And I'm going to say yes. Uh, and it's going to be even more staggering how stupid so many of these COVID uh, zealots were as the years continued to add up. Um, we talked about this, Buck, and, and I came on and put my legal hat on to discuss it. Tucker Carlson shared the January 6th footage of the QAnon shaman. That QAnon shaman footage, according to his own defense attorney, was not shared with him as part of government's discovery obligations. That is, to me, a pretty clear violation of the obligations of the government. You have to share all evidence, whether it is favorable or unfavorable, for a defendant. Uh, the QAnon shaman has now been let out of prison 14 months early. I don't think it's a coincidence, Buck, that this comes just, what, like two or three weeks on the heels of Tucker Carlson airing the footage of the January 6th uh, incident surrounding the QAnon shaman. He became, this shaman did, sort of, I would say, the the most famous of all January 6th uh, people. And he was considered to be one of the leaders of the insurrection. And then when you watch all the video that was inside of that Capitol that day, he looks like, unfortunately, what he is, which is a sad, misguided man, likely in the grips of severe mental illness. And they tried to turn him into someone who was trying to overturn the United States government. They There were Democrats, I remember this, who were arguing that because he was carrying a spear, yes. they should add a deadly weapon enhancement to his charge somehow. Or they, they should find a way to make it, you know, uh, effectively... Uh, you know, an, an attempted, I don't know, they couldn't say attempted murder, but, you know, they were going to say that he had, <clears throat> that, that there should be a federal weapons charge as if he walked in there with a loaded pistol or something. They were right. making that argument. They were, and it was ridiculous, and it was indefensible, and, uh, and it is now out the window. I want to e- echo again more good news, although it's coming late. Uh, the WHO is now saying that kids and teenagers do not need to get the COVID shot because they're at such low risk of COVID. We just said that at the end of the hour, but I want all of you to hear it out there because I know many parents out there who made this choice for their kids and you have been called anti-vaccine. You have been raked over the coals. You may have had issues. I know this has happened, unfortunately, Buck, because many of the Fauci zealots were so in belief that this shot was necessary that they wouldn't hang out with their grandkids or they wouldn't hang out with members of their family who were refusing to get kids the COVID shot, well, now the WHO is coming out and letting it be known that that is a worthless shot for kids and teenagers, as we have said for some time on this program. But I want to circle back around uh, to the uh, to the debate that is currently still in full flourishment, and that is over guns, right? Uh, crazy trans girl shoots up a Nashville school, kills six innocent people, 
The story is not about her. It's about the fact that she was able to get guns, according to Democrats. And I will point this out, Buck. This is your TikTok ally, Jamal Jamal Bowman. Whoa, uh, who, whoa, earlier hey, this week, Clay. Earlier this week, you and Bowman, thickest thieves, your your TikTok bros, Rand you got Paul arms around each other. with me on this one, sir. <laughs> you got arms around each other. You're both saying, hey, this TikTok thing, there's no way we can do this. So Jamal Bowman decides that he is going to go off on uh, on this situation. Let me mention this, too, before I do. Uh Senator Blackburn and Senator Haggerty, the two senators from the state of Tennessee, have introduced legislation that would provide nearly a billion dollars to schools so they can hire more armed security to protect students all over the nation. I think we need to invest more than that. Uh, whatever it costs to put armed security in every single school in America, I would be in favor of that. I think you would be too, Buck. Um, but Jamal Bowman, he says more guns, more death. He completely goes off outside of the House chambers. This is what it sounded like last night. They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. I'm talking about gun violence. school that allows teachers to care. Carry guns? We think more guns lead to more death. More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. Uh, by the way, can we look at the data? Because what he says, the congressman, you heard him there shouting, that was Thomas Massey trying to reason of with Kentucky, him on. Kentucky, who was reasoning with him on the other side, much less uh, strident in his screaming, of course. Yeah, but I mean, yes, first of all, members of Congress should, you know, they shouldn't be talking. I mean, Bowman shouldn't be shouting at anybody like that. It was, it's out of line. But just put that aside. People say, oh, politics is, you know, it's a tough sport. Okay, I still think you can act like a person with, with some manners. But, um, Here's here's the the truth. He said more guns equals more death. That's the line he was shouting at him over and over and over again. Uh okay. Let's go through some states, Clay. Let's go through some states now, everybody, that have the most permissive gun regulations in the entire country. Vermont, for example, a Democrat stronghold, Bernie Sanders' home state. You don't you can conceal carry in Vermont. You don't need a permit in Vermont. I think now, conceal versus open carry, I don't know offhand every state's laws, just to be clear, so I don't want to get this wrong. But I know you can conceal carry. I know you don't need any kind of a permit. It's a shall-issue state. They have how many murders a year, Clay, on average? Vermont, the whole Vermont, state. The whole state. 600,000 people. 10? That's about right. 12 to 13, I think, is the number. It, so, it's un- virtually unheard of that someone gets murdered in Vermont. So everyone understands, we're going to go population to population, okay? Population to population. D.C. has 600,000 people, and D.C. had almost 200 murders last year. Yeah. And D.C. is still very hard, even after D.C. v. Heller. You cannot conceal carry. It's very hard to get a premise permit. Okay, so Vermont, half of households have guns. So there are 300,000 people, basically, in the state of Vermont who are in a household that has a gun. And they have about 12 murders a year. That's interesting because that's a lot of guns with almost, you know, very minimal regulation of any kind. Hmm. What about Wyoming? Anyone want to guess how many murders in Wyoming in any given year? Similar population to Vermont? 
Uh, less, I think. I think it's less than 600. All right, so I'm not going to count the Yellowstone murders because they're actually taking place in uh, Montana. Yellowstone is more dangerous than Fallujah, Clay, as I keep telling you. (laughs) Yellowstone, the show, is... For those of you you who watch Yellowstone, they take their dead bodies to Wyoming and dump them into a, uh, evidently a crevice that is uh, is unreachable by anybody anybody, because they've got dozens of bodies Sometimes you're you're a rancher, and sometimes, you know, you're banging it out with M4s on the corner with some bad guys that appear out of nowhere. That's just what I happens bet, in Yellowstone. I bet there have been more deaths on Yellowstone, the television show, than uh, the violent deaths, than have occurred in Montana during the length of the time that that show's been going oh, on. Well, 100%, wouldn't, that be a fun, 100%. wouldn't that be a fun article, like actual deaths in Montana compared to deaths uh, on Yellowstone? More people have died on Wyoming. Yellowstone, the show, than I think have died if, you know, from violence in Montana in the last 20 years, would be my guess. So, <laughs> just putting that out there. Uh, I'm going to say Wyoming... I'm going to say, you know, 15 murders. That's about I mean, so I actually have the per 100,000 residents. Okay, yeah, yeah. Two murders per 100,000 residents in Wyoming yeah. is what they basically. So they basically have, and by the way, that's not even gun violence. That includes, you know, domestic violence where somebody, you know, hits somebody else with a frying pan or a, stabs them with a knife or whatever, baseball bat. So you're looking at, you know, um, a handful, you know, you can count them on one hand in the whole state. Anyway, you go down to the point here, folks, you go down, look at Idaho. Look at Vermont. Look at Wyoming. Look at Maine. Look at, you know, these are all states where you have not only permissive gun laws, but high levels of gun ownership. Yeah. And almost no gun violence. By the way, this is why Dershowitz and I debated this on CNN like 2014. And this is where the argument went because he said the same thing. He's like, more guns means more people getting shot. I'm like, well, unfortunately, sir, that is inaccurate. (laughs) You know. Trying to be respectful. I was like, unfortunately, what you're saying is not true. The data does not support this argument that they make. So why do we have to listen to an argument that is so easily refuted? Because it's based in emotion. It's based in what people, what Democrats want to hear. And what you actually find out when you look at the real data is that people who are concealed carry permit holders are, as a population, pretty much the most law-abiding Americans you will find anywhere, period. And that's across all states. And yeah. that's not even just gun violence. That's all laws. They're highly law-abiding. Because one thing, if you're a concealed carry permit holder, is you understand the responsibility that you're carrying and the need to be under uh, to understand all the different laws that you come into contact with and you have to uh, abide by as somebody who's going to enjoy your Second Amendment rights. So this this whole th- the whole argument they're having more guns equals more dead. It's just not true. It's just I wrong. talked Buck, and I, it's kind of wild to think about. But I talked with a guy um, Tuesday who said he had grown up in a rural area and they had a shooting team at his high school and he would bring his rifle to school and leave it in his locker and then take it out at the end of the day to go be a member of the shooting team. I mean, yeah. just think, I mean, we, so in other words, we've had people carrying guns into schools for decades and up until Columbine, really, Yes. We never even had the idea that there would be people getting shot well, in schools. This is why, you know, th- there's also a lot of sensitivity around this for Democrats because they're really taught that this is a moral crusade. It's a bit like climate change for them. They just have to be on the right side of the gun issue, and then they're a good person, and they get to virtue signal endlessly about it, and they get to, you know, browbeat anybody else who won't go along with them as a bad person. Uh, the notion of gun-free zones, uh, particularly as, as it pertains to schools, is an indefensibly absurd and stupid policy that has probably led to more people being shot on schools. Because anybody who's going to harm somebody 
It's the most straightforward thing imaginable. Anyone who plans to shoot another human being on the grounds of a school or you know within 100 feet of a school doesn't care that it's a gun-free zone. And we all know that. So it does nothing. All it does, Clay, is possibly mean that somebody who brings a shotgun and leaves it in their trunk and wants to go shoot sporting clays or shoot beer cans or whatever after school, adult or, you know, an adult age, you know, 18-year-old student could go to prison. That's all that it means. That's all that it does. And we all know this, but they won't engage with the debate as it actually is. Instead, they just shout, look at the data. I would I would want to ask Jamal Bowman as well. You're so worried about gun violence. What do you think about the declining uh, or the declinations of prosecutions of convicted felons found with guns in Philadelphia? 50% of them, no charge whatsoever, felon in possession of a handgun. Why I think also this that? is worth hitting, too. You pointed it out for a while. If we eliminated every mass shooting in America, 97% of murders would still happen. Yes. So all of the attention comes you know, running in every time we have a mass shooting. They're certainly awful, and they provoke emotional reactions. But if we eliminated every mass shooting in America, 97% of, of murders would still occur. And by the way, nobody even wants to talk about who the murderers are. Think about that. How often do you see like murder really broken down? There's about, what, 1% of the American population, young black men, 16 to 40, commit over half of all murders. Jamal Bowman, want to have that conversation? Your boy at TikTok? <laughs> That'd be an interesting conversation, right? We want to eliminate murders. Let's go where murders are actually committed and do whatever we can to stop them from happening. Instead, all these cities are letting murderers back out on the street to commit violent crime because they're worried about racial equity. Result is a lot more dead people. I just wish we could all get on the same page here, which is let's do things that work, that keep people safe. If someone had an idea as to why what we're saying isn't true, I would love to hear it. But we actually look at the data, and that's why we have the positions we do. This gift idea will go down in history as one of the best, giving everyone in your family access to the older memories stored on videotape, film, and even pictures dating back to when there was such a thing as slides. Legacy Box in Tennessee does all of this for you. You ship them your tapes, film, cassettes, and photos, whatever it is you want to digitize. In just a few weeks, they hand transfer all of those family memories onto digital files. You let them know if you... This gift idea will go down in history as one of the best, giving everyone in your family access to the older memories stored on videotape, film, and even pictures dating back to when there was such a thing as slides. Legacy Box in Tennessee does all of this for you. You ship them your tapes, film, cassettes, and photos, whatever it is you want to digitize. In just a few weeks, they hand transfer all of those family memories onto digital files. You let them know if you want an email link, a thumb drive, even DVDs. Then you're able to share with everyone. Imagine showing up to a family reunion with this. It'll captivate family members for hours. Join over a million families that have trusted Legacy Box to preserve their past. Because now it's your turn. Right now, Legacy Box is running a $9 videotape sale. That's 65% off. There's never been a better time to convert your entire collection. Visit LegacyBox.com slash buck to shop their $9 tape sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash buck to get this great deal. Give the gift of memories with Legacy Box. One more time, LegacyBox.com slash buck. Play just sent one, uh, someone over to me in the break there, so... I think this is breaking news, my friends, because it just came out in the last few minutes of the Wall Street Journal. Although it's not 
new information that it's based on, it is being used in a new way. So, yeah, we'll do the breaking news. we got to come up with a cool sound effect. We do need a sounder, by the way, that's unique yeah. to us for breaking news. Like, yeah. I, I don't mean, you know, I don't know what the sound should be, but we need a we need a breaking news sound alert, you know, I think. To give the full, like, yeah, impact just full, of the... Yeah, I think there's no I mean? doubt. Something like that. So, the Trump grand jury, we were just talking about Trump. By the way, this poll, it's amazing. Like it's it's neck and neck. DeSantis will go up a little. Trump will go up a little. It's up at clayandbuck.com. We retweeted it from the Clay and Buck Twitter account. Um, so we got a couple of ways you can weigh in on this poll. We'll do a consolidated, you know, all in. Per, we'll we'll uh, average the percentage from Twitter and the percentage from clayandbuck.com and see uh, what we end up getting for this. But uh, you know, as the overall number, but it it's, as you can see, it is very very close right now, very tight. Um, so with that in mind, we're just talking about Trump. So we've been told that for the next month, there's not going to be anything new with the grand jury in New York, but here's what the wall street journal is reporting that Trump grand jury digs into hush money paid to a second woman now. And this is money paid. I remember that this was part of the allegations back in the day, money paid to former playboy model, Karen, McDougal Clay, what is going on here, man, with these uh, these allegations, the legalese here? What's happening? If I remember, these are two different stories now, if I remember uh, the way that they were paid, meaning obviously they're two different women. Um, Karen McDougal was a former Playboy model, uh, and she was supposedly paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But my recollection, I'm scrolling through this article to see if I'm correct. My recollection is that, yeah, here it is. She signed a contract with the National Enquirer in August of 2016. This is the so-called catch and release idea um, where they will pay someone, the National Enquirer would, would pay someone for their story and then basically kill it. Like they wouldn't publish it. Um, is that called catch and kill? Not catch, catch and, and kill, release. Sorry, something else. catch and release. That's what I do when I fish. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, catch and kill. Uh, and so that was done by the National Enquirer. And remember, do you remember the name of the National Enquirer owner? It's kind of amazing. Oh wait, wait, wait. It's a great name, but I don't remember what is it. David Pecker. Um, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> David Pecker, who also got involved in, ironically enough, given his last name, a Jeff Bezos, uh, uh, you know, sexual affair story, if you remember that. Uh, so they've been bringing in David Pecker, the former chief executive of this, and they may be arguing about how exactly that payment occurred because just for those of you out there that care about this and again it's going on as a grand jury so i so i want to make uh make sure we get this right the hundred and thirty thousand dollars went to stormy daniels via cohen right trump's attorney and that's where they tried to argue that this was an fec violation federal election commission i'm not sure how the money if it was ever repaid to the National Enquirer or whether the National Enquirer handled that $150,000 uh, uh, thing uh, to... Hold on. Here's the detail. The publisher agreed to transfer the rights to McDougal's story to a company controlled by Michael Cohen, 
a consultant then issued a uh, an invoice to Cohen, and they repaid that as well. So basically, this whole story situation is Trump may have, he denies it, may have slept with these women, and in order to keep them from making those allegations public, they paid them to keep silent. The irony here, and nobody talks about this at all, Buck, Trump paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, in theory, for these women's stories to never go public, got them to sign NDAs, then the women just told their story anyway. And nobody ever talks about that. Like, Stormy Daniels got $130,000 to keep her mouth shut. She signed an NDA, and then she comes out and tells her story anyway, and she gets to keep all the money. So it's like, well, hold on a minute. What was the point of the NDA in the first place? And I think the same thing happened now with Karen McDougal, although I don't think she's been as outspoken, certainly, as Stormy Daniels has. So here here we see this again. This is the first time the Wall Street Journal reporting this, so it's a yes. very solid source. This is the first time we've seen this brought up in the grand jury that's currently underway or that has been underway. It's on a one-month hiatus now. It's not clear to me exactly what what this is really going to do. You know, it, it, whether they bring the charge or not, I don't think is related. It makes a difference. I'm sorry, not the charge. Well, yeah, the charge. Uh, whether the indictment comes down or not doesn't seem to really hinge on the McDougal component of this. But I guess maybe they're trying to say there was some kind of a pattern or practice here, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's my guess. But here's the issue, and this is why I keep focusing on the legal versus the factual. Okay, so just a quick refresher. Juries decide issues of fact. Judges decide issues of law. To me, this is a case based on law. The statute of limitations has now run on this case, Mm. so I don't understand how they're going to somehow get it in under a statute of limitations. But also, this is basically a federal crime, to the extent that it's a crime at all, that they are trying to massage into a state crime. But Donald Trump wasn't running for statewide office. He was running for national office. And so I think this case is going to get tossed on a legal basis, regardless of what the factual underpinnings of it are. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Uh, all of this is insane. I mean, this yeah. is really, you know, Democrats that like, 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 uh, brag think they're crusading heroes for justice or something by doing this. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, the, the this whole would not be happening, bringing- Buck, if Trump had lived in Florida from the get-go. Because this is this is the exposure here, is Trump is a Republican candidate who happened to live in the state of New York. You, uh, me, wherever you live, you have to worry about federal law, but also state law. I don't think that we should be allowing a state political prosecution. And you saw these numbers, uh, I think, as well, Buck. Something like two-thirds of Americans, including a high percentage of Democrats, believe that if Trump is charged, it's going to be because of politics, not because of its being a crime, which is why we ultimately think this redounds to Trump's benefit if he is charged in this case. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious, right? If you're yeah. if you're not able to get somebody on Russia collusion after a special counsel and you're not able to get them on all these other things, and you go with this, I mean, this is, this is pathetic, these kinds of charges. Um, no... Who is the victim in this process, dude? That's you know usually you can take these these macro concerns into account as a you're supposed to as a prosecutor. If no one is harmed, if the state is not harmed, if a person is not harmed, how is anyone being criminally charged? Like and and you haven't broken some process egregiously in a way that 
you have to, you know, you have to police the breaking yeah. of uh, certain norms. Like, there's no norm here. There's no process. The whole thing is crazy. It's a great point. And also, you can't even argue that this is some, and, and again, I'm not trying to take a shot at Trump here, but the perception of Trump is not one where you would be like, oh, I can't believe Trump slept with a Playboy model. Right? If this were George W. Bush or Obama, and they have this, hey, we're really virtuous people that is a big part of their personal political brands, you can see how that kind of accusation might have rattled people who were big George W. Bush or Barack Obama supporters. But, fuck, let's be honest. When the news broke about Bill Clinton hooking up with an intern, most people were like, yeah, I could totally see that. And it doesn't impact Bill Clinton's political brand. To me, also, to your point, building on who is the who is the victim here, I don't even think it changes the way that lots of people think about Trump. I don't think people thought, oh, I'm voting for Trump because he's the greatest husband who's ever existed on the planet. I think even Trump would laugh at that idea, right? Uh, he's been married three times, whatever it is. I don't particularly care about the personal peccadilloes of political figures if they are good candidates, right? Uh, if they're good at their job. And I think that's where people were with Clinton and Trump. So I don't even see this as some sort of debilitating revelation that would change the overall no, brand affected, of Trump. It wouldn't have affected the campaign. It wouldn't have affected Trump's ability to win at all. I mean, if, I don't the, think- if, the, if, the, if the release of the audio from the current affair or whatever show it was, uh, the grabber by the pussy willow clip, if that didn't change things, certainly this wasn't going to change things. It's true. You know, fellow gun owners, training at home is an important thing to do because because you can work on your skills in an all-electronic way without ammo using the Mantis X system. This training technique is called dry fire practice. As seriously as we all take our responsibilities as gun owners, this is a smart, practical way to approach training, not to mention it's economical. Mantis X ships you a device that attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. That device connects to your phone with an app. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. Nearly everyone using this sees improvement within 20 minutes. It's that effective. I use the Mantis X. I've noticed a difference in my skills. This product is also used by U.S. military and special forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. A new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just want to... Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. 
Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make a quick note for you. We put up at clayandbuck.com a poll, because we want to know where all of you are on this. Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, who is your God? And we have a poll up there also from the Clay and Buck Twitter account, which we have retweeted. You can vote there. We'll combine all the different votes, non-scientific poll, let you know what that snapshot of this audience's opinion is at this stage of the primary and of the presidential contest. And as promised, right now we have our friend Shannon Bream with us now, Fox News Chief Supreme Court Legal Analyst. She has a new book out, The Love Stories of the Bible Speak. Biblical Lessons on Romance, Friendship, and Faith. It is uh, coming out later this week. Shannon, thank you so much for being with us. Clay, it is our... Uh, Buck, excuse me. Buck and eventually Clay. It's always great to be it's with you. Right. It's all right. Yep, yep. <laughs> we're, we're both here. appreciate you being with us. So tell us, Shannon, the uh, love stories of the... I just kind of want to let... Just tell us about this. Love stories oh, of yeah. the Bible. So listen, a lot of times people are like, okay, what the heck could the Bible say about romance and marriage and all that kind of stuff? But, you know, it's pretty steamy in portions, and it's not like God's looking around like, what are they doing down there? Like, he invented us. He knows that we're going to have this desire to connect with other people, to be in relationships. So the book is, yes, about the romances and complicated and sometimes messy relationships, but also friendships, because I think that's really so much of the fabric of our lives that holds us together, the idea of community, Um, but also this command to love your neighbor as yourself which is probably one of the hardest at times because there aren't any outs or exceptions. And frankly, I think we could use a little bit more of that right now. Shannon, do you think your husband is listening to you on this program right now or watching opening day of Major League Baseball? (laughs) You know what? I would say if he was not in the air on an airplane right now, Ah. he would be listening to, well, he'd be watching baseball. (laughs) I don't blame him. 
Braves are winning. Braves are winning right now. You're you are married into the. I don't know if people know this. You're Shannon Bream. Your brother, uh, sorry, your brother-in-law is Sid Bream, who is one of the most iconic Atlanta Braves stars of all time. Uh, sliding into home plate uh, for everybody out there who remembers that play. That is the connection. Your husband is uh, yeah. is Sid Bream's brother. So yes. So I want everybody out there to know that since it's opening day of Major League Baseball. So uh, yes. You are killing it on Fox News Sunday, but you also have a deep understanding of what has gone on at the Supreme Court and also our legal system in general. When you see what is going on in New York City with Alvin Bragg, and by the way, I'd encourage everybody to go buy that book. Uh, it's a great gift as we get ready for uh, certainly Mother's Day coming up and everything else. When you see what's going on with Alvin Bragg and New York City, and now there's a one-month pause, and everybody seemed to think, oh, Trump's going to get tra- charged, Trump's going to get charged, what do you think's going on there? How would you read the tea leaves? Well, as a fellow lawyer, my friend, um, I love hearing what you think about what's going on here, too, because my question is, because grand juries are supposed to be secret, that is for a lot of good reasons, it allows yep. our legal system to work in a certain way, but when Robert Costello, the attorney, came out who said, listen, I was hearing stuff that was coming out, I didn't think it was accurate, he says at one point he represented Michael Cohen, Cohen says that's not the case, Be that as it may, Robert Costello went and testified before the grand jury and said, listen, Cohen's either lying back then or he's lying now. And also, you've seen six of like more than 300 relevant emails. This is Costello making his case. There's a lot more to this story. And and, and I think that there's pressure from the right and the left, of course, on Bragg to reconsider whether he moves forward with this because – I think it's fair to say it's probably, from what we know about these cases being done in secret, the weakest against the former president. And, you know, to bring it this far to try to get an indictment but not get a conviction is only going to lend credence to President Trump's argument that this is nothing but political. No doubt. And and, and building on that, I agree 100% with what you said. You're up in the D.C. area. I'm sure you saw that there was a report about what was going on with the Supreme Court justices and the protests outside of their homes. Uh, th- those protests violate both federal and state law, arguably, uh, in Maryland and in uh, Virginia, but certainly in the District of Columbia where some of those justices uh, reside. What did you think about that story and the fact that there's arguments that they've purposely chosen not to hold those protesters accountable? It's really hard to understand because, gosh, think about it, it was almost a year ago that we had that leak, which immediately puts, yeah, I think it's, it's easy to argue, some of these justices' lives in danger. We have the one suspect who showed up that apparently made a statement, according to police at one point, that he had showed up to hurt or to kill Justice Kavanaugh to potentially assassinate him. That case is ongoing. Um, but we've always asked this question, why are these protesters not being prosecuted? Because you don't have to make a big, hairy deal out of it, but why not at least ticket some of them, maybe arrest some of them, it might stop it. I stay in touch with a number of these justices, and I know what's going on, and some of them still have protesters showing up at their homes. That has not gone away, it has not stopped. So when you've got someone like Senator Katie Britt coming out and bringing what she says are the receipts that show the DOJ was discouraging arresting those people, it sparks all kinds of questions as to why. Speaking of Shannon Bream, her book coming out this week is The Love Stories of the Bible Speak, Biblical Lessons on Romance, Friendship, and Faith. Um, you know, Shannon, right now, uh, Clay, Clay and I, uh, earlier today, I should say, we're talking about how uh, Jacob Chansley has been released uh, 18 months early. Do you think, uh, I mean, this is a two-part for you, do you think that 
the recent revelation of a uh, video footage from inside the Capitol uh, was a part of that early release. Once people saw what Jacob Chansley was really doing walking around and also does it strike you that it's a breach of ethics on the prosecu- uh, prosecutorial side that, at least according to defense attorneys, to be clear, this information, this exculpatory information, was never provided to Chansley's legal team? Yeah, just in general, um, I think we all know this principle that if prosecutors have exculpatory evidence, it has to be shared. I mean, that's part of our legal system and the way that we expect it to work and want people to have confidence in it. So, you know, there's this question, was his sentence reduced because of, you know, good conduct or things that normally happen with different inmates when they're in prison? But after the revelation of those tapes, that sparks a whole another round of questions for me about whether um, those who were involved with that prosecution felt like, okay, this is, he's done enough time, this is going to get a little sticky when we have to explain some of what we're seeing doesn't line up with what some of what we've been told. Um, so I think it raises more questions than anything. Um, and I wonder if we will ever get an explanation from the authorities about this transfer and reduction in his sentence. Shannon, you are in the middle on Fox News Sunday of the sort of not yet officially official Trump versus DeSantis battle. Um, have you been surprised by Trump's surge? And do you think the DeSantis campaign at all has been taken a little bit by surprise by how aggressively Trump has come after DeSantis, even while DeSantis is not yet an official candidate? I think that's part of why we're seeing the former president surge, because for most people, it doesn't look like he's got somebody who can go toe-to-toe with him at this point. There are really strong, interesting, smart candidates in, but not somebody with kind of the star power of a DeSantis just yet. But his team is obviously very ca- carefully calculating this, the DeSantis team. You know, there are packs and different groups that have been put together to say, if he gets in, we've got the infrastructure, we've got things lined up for him. He, you know, I, we kind of keep hearing he wants to get through the legislative session down there in Florida. Um but listen, what did the president say at CPAC a few weeks ago when he was asked, you know, will you drop out if you get indicted? And he's like, no way. And it'll probably help my numbers. He has a really good understanding of the pulse of what's going on in the street. And I think he knows that the more he can leverage this to say, look, this is my proof. The establishment's after me. Um, the deep state is after me. Um, these prosecutions, if they don't land, if none of these swings actually land as a punch, I think are only going to help make his argument for him. So he He was right about that. Um, Does that flip once DeSantis gets in those numbers? I don't know. Interesting that we had polling out this week that shows, yes, President Trump is increasing his lead. He is a favorite among GOP primary voters. But when you ask both people who have um, Trump as their first choice or DeSantis as their their first choice, who's your second choice? They both flip. So the DeSantis voters love Trump as their number two. Trump voters love DeSantis as their number two. I don't know if you guys were watching Waco on Saturday night, but... When he brought up these lines about DeSantis, they didn't get this uproarious applause that he got for some of the other things, like going after Alvin Bragg and others. So to me, I think there are a lot of folks within the GOP primary base who are like, listen, we'd be happy with either one. Don't trash each other to the point that you're going to be so bloodied you're going to have to limp into a general where you can't win. Shannon, um, building on that, when you look at this, uh, the, the way this campaign potentially is playing out, you've got a big platform. How challenging is it to be able to balance everything? Because Buck and I talk about this. Every time we say something positive about Trump, the Trump people are like, yeah. Every time we say something positive about DeSantis, back and forth. It's a tough balancing act. This feels like such an 800-pound guerrilla battle, right, that both sides are constantly looking in maybe a way that's a lot different than in past years where there's been like 
five or six or seven different mm-hmm. people who have had different surges. This feels like it's just man versus man, the two of them, and that's pretty much it. It does. And you guys probably come off the air or while you're on the air, you can look at social media and look at Twitter and get feedback. You can do the same show and have half the people say, like, why are you so hard on President Trump? And you have no yep. respect for him. And the same show, people can be like, well, clearly you got your talking points directly from President Trump's campaign staff. So you know that people project a lot, like they're very much for Trump or they're very much for someone else or against him. And I think a lot of times they project their emotions onto what we're saying when we're just trying to protect, you know, share with them factual information or poll numbers. I mean, just data that is statistical that doesn't have emotions connected to it. I think, you know, politics has become very emotional for people. I feel like, Shannon, on any given day when I get emails from people saying you're in the camp for Trump, and then I also get about an equal number of emails from people saying you're in the camp for DeSantis, that's a good sign. (laughs) If both teams think you're in the camp for the other person, then you're probably, you know, you're you're at least somewhere in the middle, somewhere, somehow. Everyone should check out Shannon's book, uh, Love Stories of the Bible Speak, Biblical Lessons on Romance, Friendship, and Faith. Shannon Breen, great to have you on. Thank you so much for being with us. Such a treat to visit with you guys. See you soon. Good stuff, as always. You know what's also good stuff? Food insurance. Being hooked up, making sure that you are in a good spot when it comes to taking care of your home. You probably have car insurance, probably have home insurance. A lot of you out there, health insurance, life insurance. Do you have enough food in the event that things go totally awry in your neighborhood, in your state, in your city? Certainly in the wake of 2020, there's a lot of people out there who say, you know what, I'd like to have food insurance. That's what my wife said. She was super excited when we got our shipment from My Patriot Supply. It's right downstairs right now in our pantry. We are hooked up with emergency food kits that will last three months. You can go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get yours right now while they are on sale. There's one for me, one for my wife, one for each of our kids. And right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit will give you a wide variety of options, providing over 2,000 calories a day for strength and energy. Act now. Claim your $200 savings per kit at MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll get free shipping, too. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, 
taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.